Well, good morning, everybody, and happy Palm Sunday. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. I want to tell you a story about uh, my friend Michael. He and his father have a tradition. They love basketball, and so every year at Christmas time, they give one another the gift of March Madness basketball tickets. And obviously this year, March Madness was canceled. The whole tournament was canceled. And so Michael's dad sent over a gift to Michael, and it was a T-shirt that I wanted to show you. And the T-shirt says March Sadness on it. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we all want to have this T-shirt. It has been full of March Sadness this year, as all kinds of things have been canceled, all of our plans of vacation and time together and trips that we were planning to make and graduations, all of them have been canceled. And there has been a March sadness for us. And I think we should take that lament before the Lord. It's very real. And and offer that up to the Lord and ask him to heal our March sadness. But being honest with him. And during this time again, of just kind of trying to figure out how to navigate through these days. But I think what the Lord wants to do with us is that He can change that March sadness into a time of joy and incredible gladness as we spend time with Him. And in the middle of that, we can find joy in our relationships. We can find, like Michael was saying, just the joy of his relationship with his dad. We can find joy in our relationship with Jesus Christ, who is the one who is is coming and drawing near to us in these times. Joy in worship and celebrating the King of Kings, our Lord, our God. He is indeed the true King, as we've been going through 1 Kings. We can have joy in the fact that He is in control of all that is going on right now, and that he's worthy of our praise. Amen. You know, for those in Israel, they were in the middle of severe struggle, of suffering, of Roman oppression. The Luke 19 passage says, they came near that place on the Mount of Olives, and the whole crowd of disciples, here's what they did in the middle of the struggle. They began joyfully to praise God with loud voices for all that they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Let's pray for that this morning, that the Lord will take our March sadness and move us into joy and gladness in Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do, we cry out to You. Um, There's been many days of just being sad. Many days of uh, wondering what's next. And so we want to turn that over to you, Father, to trust you that you're in the middle of all of this. And so help us to do so. And Father, as you draw near to us, I pray that you will turn our sadness into joy and gladness in you. Do your work in us, in our hearts. And may we see you in new and wonderful ways during this season. In your beautiful and precious name, Jesus. Amen. Well, as we 
enter into Matthew 21, it's the final week of Jesus' earthly ministry, his life here. Passion week. He is going to the cross to die for our sins. To rise again, he is going to conquer sin and death. He will offer salvation and life to all of those who would believe upon Jesus. He is offering relationship with holy God. And God has longed for that from the beginning of time, ever since the fall. Because of what my son is going to do on the cross as the perfect sacrifice, I can now have relationship with my people. And Jesus will not step out of the limelight this time. For the last three years, every time they've been trying to make him king, he sneaks away. The time has not yet come, he often says. But this time, on Palm Sunday, he will accept the praise of the people as king, as savior. And he comes riding into Jerusalem as the king. I want to show you a little map. He comes from Bethphage. And that is about a mile on the Mount of Olives coming into the city. And he rides in, and as they approached into the village, the disciples went ahead. And they got him the donkey that he asked for. Saying, the Lord needs this, tell him that. And so all of this took place, verse 4 of chapter 21. To fulfill what was spoken through the prophet, say to the daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you. He is riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of the donkey. And then I love in this passage, I love the disciples' response to Jesus. Look what he says in verse 6. The disciples went and they did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey to him. There's a beautiful Simple obedience in this passage. It seems that after three years, the disciples had learned to to trust Jesus and what he was asking them to do. Even though it still didn't make sense to them a lot of times. Isn't that our faith journey? Lord, you're asking me to do what? How how is that going to work out? And so in the middle of our faith journey, Jesus keeps growing us up and helping us to trust him more and more. For us, we have to ask ourselves during this time of the pandemic, are we learning to trust Jesus more and more? As his children, learning to know that he's in control, that he has our lives, that he knows our days, that he knows what he's doing that he's very present during this time. Are you trusting him more and more in these days? And I pray that you're drawing close to him. Pray that in the morning you're waking up and and getting into the word and praying and seeking after the Lord. He will draw near to you. Starting to learn that his ways are good and life-giving. Starting to, to learn to trust that he is faithful even when we're not. I think at this time, one of the ways that we can enter into simple obedience is by responding to him that we are loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. 
like Jackson taught us last week. And that we are loving others. And I think one of the best ways right now that we can have a simple obedience in loving others as we're all cooped up together in the same house is that we can love them by being patient. I don't know about you, but I've been finding myself, I'm, I'm getting a little more snappy, quick to anger. I think it's just because I'm, I'm just around people in my confined space all the time, and sometimes we're just on top of each other, and I lose my patience. And love is patient, which means to be long-suffering. Let us be a people who are long-suffering with one another. Let us show a patience and seek forgiveness when we snap at one another in our homes. That's being obedient to Jesus like the disciples were. And I love how Jesus includes his disciples in his kingdom work. They may have felt like, geez, we have to go get this donkey. That's a lame task. But it's a beautiful task in God's kingdom. The accidents aren't just simply routine, but its prophecy is fulfilled here. The scriptures remind us this was to fulfill prophecy, and we get to be part of kingdom work with our Lord and Savior. He invites us in. And he rides in with incredible gentleness, a humble act on the donkey. He is indeed a gentle king. You see, the Romans, when they would come into town victorious as king, the general would return from war and there would be elephants and tigers. Other animals would accompany him on an incredible chariot. I've had victory. Swords of the soldiers would be lifted high. Praise to this king. He has victory. There would be incense burning. The whole city would be shouting and rejoicing over this victorious king. That's how the Romans would do it. But that's not how King Jesus would do it. King Jesus would come in as a humble king. Everything that Jesus did was opposite of what the world thinks is victory and what kingship looks like. Jesus would shake the world by his entrance. As we experience that, that earthquake this week, it just reminded us, I think God just wants to shake us up a little bit. Jesus always was shaking us up a little bit, and he still is today. Hey, are you trusting me? Are you depending on your own resources? Are you trying to figure out life on your own? That's not how you live life in my kingdom. I'm the king, and I'm a good king. And I will respond to you. I am with you. He shakes us up when we get comfortable or we get satisfied with all that we can produce to deal with these issues. I love what John Newton says about this king, Jesus. Happy are these subjects who dwell in his shadow. He rules them not with the rod of iron, but with that which he bruises and breaks the power of his enemy. But with a golden scepter of love, this is how Jesus reigns. Newton goes on. 
He reigns by his own right. And by there are full and free consent with the people that's in their hearts. He reigns upon a throne of grace to which they have at all times access to. In answer to their prayers, he responds, to mercy and peace, the pardon for all their sins. This is how Jesus reigns. Grace to help in every time of need and a renewed supply answerable to all their wants, cares, services, all of their conflicts. How happy are those who follow this king. And prophecy is fulfilled as Jesus comes in at the beginning of week of Passover. On this Palm Sunday, on the donkey, it demonstrated on this day that Jesus rode in to be the king that he is. All of it to fulfill prophecy. He is indeed the rightful king. You see, the people of under uh, of Israel understood Zechariah's prophecy. They understood the scriptures that referred to the Messiah, to God's anointed king. They knew the word of God. When Jesus mounted that donkey and came riding in on that colt, a purebred colt, he was presenting himself as Israel's promised king. I come unto thee. The Jewish people recognize and realize what was happening here with Jesus. He is indeed the promised Messiah. Some may have even remembered the time of Solomon, when Solomon rode in. As we study the book of 1 Kings, we saw in chapter 1, it says this. Nathan and the, the prophet and the priest, they took Solomon, and he mounted King David's mule. And they escorted Solomon to Gihon. And Zadok the priest, he took the horn of oil from the tent of Solomon, and they sounded the trumpet. This is Solomon riding in. And the people shouted, Long live the king Solomon. And all the people went up after him. And they were playing their pipes and rejoicing greatly so that the ground shook with the sound of what was taking place. Oh, I tell you what, the ground shook on Palm Sunday. All of the people crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna. You see, Solomon was just a type of Jesus. He was to reflect the long-awaited Messiah His kingdom was just a little taste of the glorious kingdom of Jesus Christ. And on this day, at the beginning of Passover, I'm sure like the earthquake we encountered the other day, the earth shook. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And one of the reasons we know that they understood this is they cried out, Hosanna to the Son of David. And by using that title, they were saying, Jesus is the rightful king. They recognized that he had come in the name of the Lord. Psalm 18, again, more prophecy, speaking of the king to come. 
I will give you thanks, for you have answered me. You have become my salvation. Verse 22 of Psalm 118. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done this this very day. Let us rejoice and be glad. Let us turn March sadness into rejoicing and gladness because the King has come. Lord, save us. Hosanna. Blessed is he, verse 26, who comes in the name of the Lord. That's Psalm 118, speaking prophecy. Prophecy, I think, going all the way back to Genesis 49. Listen to this. Verse 10 of Genesis 49. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he to whom it belongs, that's Jesus, shall come, and the obedience of the nation shall be his. He will tether his donkey to a vine, his colt to the choicest branch. Jacob's prophecy. All of Israel would be ready to this true king. The true king would come out of the tribe of Judah, out of the line of David. And we get a little hint of the colt and donkey And now it's really made clear to us on Palm Sunday. Now the prophecies are fulfilled. All that was proclaimed who the Messiah would be. Jesus, the son of David, he is riding in. And we as his loyal subjects, we must recognize his kingship. The Jewish people did this by calling him the son of David, and laying out their cloaks before the king. We should recognize our king and his sovereignty by laying out our hearts before him. Throwing down our wills in absolute surrender to our king. Asking Jesus to govern everything in our lives, all that we say and do, And think, Lord Jesus, be reigning in my heart. The fulfilling of Zechariah 9, that he would come riding in lowly on the colt. The king has arrived. And as the crowd is stirring up and people are getting excited, what is going on? Verse 10 of Matthew 21 says this, As he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up. And they were saying, who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus of Nazareth in Galilee. The people on the streets, as Jesus is riding in, who is this king? They wanted to know. Now here's something amazing that I love about this text and what's happening at Passover time at the first of the week. While Jesus is making his triumphal entrance into Jerusalem, at the very same time, the priests were praising God in the temple. It was rabbinical tradition 
that they would come into the temple and they would give praise to God and they would sing out and they would recite Psalm 24. Same time that Jesus is coming in to Jerusalem. And I want to take you to Psalm 24, verse 7. It says this, Lift up your head, O you gates, be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. And look at this question. Who is the King of glory? The people on the streets are crying out, Who is this King coming in? Who is this person? It's Jesus. And at the same time in the temple, Who is this King of glory? They're crying out and singing out. The people said, Jesus. The priest said, it's the Lord God Almighty. And they both were right. All giving praise to God. Psalm 24 is a glorious song to the glorious King. It's a psalm about God entering into the city about him making a royal entrance into his holy place. And so most scholars believe that Psalm 24 is about when David brought the Ark of the Covenant, God's dwelling place, the Ark of the Covenant into the holy city. The Ark was sacred to them. It was the golden chest that represented God's presence with his people. It had inside of it the two tablets containing the Ten Commandments. It was God's covenant with His people. And on top were the cherubim, the mercy seat. And as we've been studying First Kings, the mercy seat is where the priest would come in on the Day of Atonement. And he would pour out the blood of the sacrifice upon the mercy seat to receive God's forgiveness for his people. Do you see in Psalm 24 what's going on? That is being brought in, the Ark of the Covenant, that place where forgiveness could be found, where the sacrifice could be made. And at the same time, Jesus is writing in, who is the ultimate sacrifice, the pure Lamb of God, the final sacrifice for the sins of man. All happening on the first of Passover. The Ark of the Covenant is being brought in. God's people often had the Ark of the Covenant in in victory, in battle. It led them across the Jordan. It brought down the walls of Jericho. And yet when the people of God stopped trusting in God, it got taken away. And it ended up at the house of Obed-Edom. But they couldn't handle the power of God. And so David got it back. And we think Psalm 24 is this beautiful occasion. Israel's history when God made the royal entrance, when the Ark of the Covenant was brought up to Jerusalem. Who is this King of glory? Who is this God? He is indeed the King of glory. Psalm 24 starts out about this in verses 1 and 2. 
It begins praising him. The earth is the Lord's and everything that is in it in the world and all who live in it. For he founded it upon the seas. He established it upon the waters. These verses open up. Who is this one? He's the one that the whole world belongs to. Absolute ownership. Everything that there is belongs to him. To our God. To our King. Everything in it, the rocks and the trees and the birds and the bumblebees. All the people belong to God as well. And he claims authority for everything and everyone who lives in the world. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, this psalm is so comforting. The Lord owns it all. He created it all. He has his hand upon all. He knows exactly what's going on. It's all his. We are under his authority. So we can find rest under his wings during this time of pandemic. Praise be to our King. I hope this gives you comfort. On what basis does God claim such authority? On the basis of His creation. The earth belongs... He made it. He established it. He's the Creator. God's power in creation. And yet this Psalm 24 points right to Jesus. So much of the Old Testament points right to Jesus. The humble king riding in on the first Passover. Listen to Colossians 1.15. The Son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all of creation. For in Him, Jesus, all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him. And why were they created? They were created for Him. That's who our King is. That's who this humble King is, riding in on the donkey. He is before all things, and in Him, guess what? All things hold together in Jesus Christ, our King, our true King. He comes riding in, Jesus, humble, yet He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He was the Creator, is the Creator. He is worthy of all of our praise. And you know what? The Pharisees tried to shut Him up. Tell your disciples to keep quiet. And how did Jesus respond to them? He said, are you kidding me? If I even tried to close them down, guess what? The stones would praise my name. All of my creation will praise my name because I am. This is Jesus writing in. Humble king. And he shakes up our world because it's not like the kings of the day of the Roman Empire and the rulers. The creation, the creator of all, 
the one who loves us to the core, the King of kings, we owe him our allegiance. David raises this important question in verse 3. Well, who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Meaning, who can come into God's holy temple? Or who has permission to come before amazing holy God? How can we get to that place? And verse 4 says, Well, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by that which is false, he will receive blessing from the Lord, and he will receive justice from God his Savior, vindication from God his Savior. To come into the presence of the King, we must have an outward obedience and an inward integrity. This is what it's meant by having clean hands and a pure heart. And the question we end up as we as we as we read this passage, we end up asking is this well, who can possibly meet these royal standards? and thus gain an audience with the king. Well, verse 5 speaks to that. He will receive vindication. How? Justice. He will be made righteous from God his Savior. From God his Savior. On what basis can we come in? Because we're justified before God through Jesus Christ, our Savior. That's the only way. The person who may ascend God's holy hill needs to still be forgiven for our sin. We're not justified by our good deeds. We're not justified by doing more for God, but by His saving work and His saving work alone. It is by grace that we have been saved. Jesus is the only way. And he makes that claim, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father. Nobody can ascend that holy hill but through me, Jesus. He is the Savior. He is the only one who can justify us. There must be a payment for sin. And you see, Jesus is coming on Palm Sunday to do exactly that. He's riding into town to die. He's going to the cross. Charles Spurgeon said this. Is it possible that you are saying, I shall never enter into the heaven of God? For I neither have clean hands nor a pure heart. Look then to Christ, who has already climbed that holy hill. He has entered as the forerunner of those who would trust in him. Follow in his footsteps and repose upon his merit. He rides triumphantly into heaven. And you shall ride there too if you trust in him. But how can I get the 
character that is described, you say, oh, the Spirit of God will give you that. He will create in you a new heart and a right spirit. Faith in Jesus is the work of the Holy Spirit and has all the virtues wrapped up in it. Praise be to God. And so he cries out in Psalm 24 as he arrives at the gates. We should give him praise and welcome the king. Throw open the gates. The king is coming. What a beautiful scene. Throw open the gates. The king is coming. Jesus is riding into town. God is coming into town. Be ready to meet the king. In King David's day, Psalm 24 would have been sung by choirs of the Levites. And it would happen like this when the king would come outside of the city gates. They would cry out. They would sing out. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in and they would sing this out. But the gates would not be open just yet. The gatekeeper had to be certain of this king's royal identity. And so he demanded and he sung out back, Well, who is this King of glory? And then the herald's response. It is the Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. That's who's coming into town. And the truth is, that's who our Jesus is. He has battled sin and death, and he has conquered that. That's who's riding into town. And then by this time, the royal choir starts getting impatient. Lift up your heads! Open up the gates. Don't keep us back anymore. The King of glory has come. And as the gates slowly opened up from inside one more time, they would cry out because they wanted to hear the good news one more time. Well, who is this King of glory? And then together, They would all sing, it is the Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. This all took place together as Jesus is riding into town, as the priests are singing this out in the holy temple. He is the King of glory. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You see, the Lord is the King of all. He is the King of heaven, the King over creation. What a magnificent, incredible day Palm Sunday must have been. And there will be another grand entrance that Jesus will experience. And it's ascension into heaven as he will go. Can you imagine the angels in heaven as Jesus has died on the cross, as he rose again, and then he's going to come and he's going to return to the Father? Can you imagine the angels singing out as Jesus is approaching heaven, his rightful place and his rightful throne? Can you imagine the angels singing out, Oh, lift up your heads, O you gates, 
be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. He is strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your gates. Can you imagine the chorus in heaven? Who is this king? Who is this one writing in? He is Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Savior of the world. Will you open up your gates? Open up the gates of your heart to this humble king who is full of grace, the Savior of the world who offers salvation to each and every one of us, who would put our faith, our trust in him, who would surrender our hearts into him, will you open up your gates? To the King of kings, because he is worthy of our praise. He is the one who is the Savior of our souls. And he wants to ride right into your heart and be the ruler and take ownership and reign in your heart. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we rejoice together over uh, the amazing truth of your scriptures that you are the king of the kings. Who is this king? You are the king of glory. You are the savior of the world. You are the true king. You are the righteous king. You are the good king. You are the king who is gentle and loves us to the core. Would you open up our eyes to see you more? Would you open up our hearts to receive you if we've never done that? Thank you, Father, that you loved us so much that you went to the cross to die for our sin and to rise again. And we want to be like the angels receiving you. Hosanna, blessed are you, O King. We rejoice in you. And we give you all of our praise. We love you, Lord Jesus, in your precious name. Amen.